0: Blog Talk Radio ten nine. Minions and welcome aboard as we continue on our show, even in spite of the corona vacation, coronacation, if you will. Uh we're still quarantined up in the house. And uh we'll we'll see and we'll see how we can all keep our keep our sanity. Uh part of how you do that is listen to the balance every week right here on on the balance radio network 917 89 is our digits we're going to be joined by mo from the bs sports show in just a moment talk a little bit about some of the best stuff maybe i thought well since it's march on the end of march and we would be going into the uh, ncaa championship that we would talk about some of the best ever why not jump on that best ever train that everybody's uh, been on for the last couple weeks and of course we've also got the nfl free agency and uh Getting close to the NFL draft, so we'll kind of do a little bit of mock draft uh, with uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and NSI.com and our official uh, NFL contributor. And then we're going to do something different today. We're going to call it Podcast Overtime, uh, which means that uh, it, it, w- right after our live show, we're going to go 30 minutes into the podcast. And Matthew Embry uh, from WSVT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, is going to join us and and talk with us about IndyCar and some of the, the uh, e-racing, as they call it. So I tell you what, just, just stick around. It's all going to get good. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
1: Tonight.
2: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
0: I, it, I, I can't believe it. I've been playing four-on-four four with a barbershop quartet.
2: Ba, 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 ba. Pass the ball,
0: ba, ba. pass the ba, 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 ba. We're open, ba, ba, ba. just pass the ball. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Shoo, shoo, the Jay, the Jay, Jay, Jay. Jay.
3: Believe it, Skycar could save you
0: 15% or more on car insurance. Morning, face You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Good morning, Good morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is Hello. that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right! No,
1: it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're in my eyes. We're moving.
0: It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to
1: get some.
2: Get 20% off Ikea Sultan mattresses. Ikea. Love your home.
0: All right, and welcome back to The ballots. We are live, ready to kick things off Uh live from the home studios of the Balance uh, in the west suburb of Indianapolis. Joining us now is Mo for the BS Sports Show. Mo, how's this uh, coronation going for you? That's what we're calling it. That's the name that we have for it now.
1: <laughs> uh, well, it's long. Very, very long.
0: It has been long. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much an extrovert, but I, I enjoy being at home. But when I'm forced to be at home, it's like I'm clawing at the walls, man. Fortunately, the weather's been a, a little bit better, and you know, I've got a pretty good backyard, so I can go out there with the hounds and and uh, enjoy some. Uh, I fired up the grill. I'm going to smoke a butt today, so not a blunt, but a
3: butt.
0: <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so we'll see what happens. I make some poured pork out of it, uh, some world-famous poured pork, by the way, you know. Everything I make is world-famous, though. But, uh, Mo, let's get into just... You know, I I thought, you know, if this was in the real world and the way things would typically be in our world, we'd be getting, uh, getting geared up for a national championship game in the NCAA March Madness. And so I thought I would just... Uh, you know, I, I gathered some notes and just, uh, you know, maybe you can add some too. But I thought we would just talk a little bit about the best of the best. Uh, jump on that train that is uh, seems to be uh, the most popular thing that's on, on ESPN and all the sports uh, places that They're playing the best stuff. So I thought we'd, we'd talk a little bit about uh, the, the best stuff. So uh, what are we... We'll start with you, Mo. In your mind, in your memory, what's some of the best March Madness? It could be the Elite Eight, it could be the Final Four, it could be the National Championship game. But what are some of the best uh, games that that you have that comes to mind?
1: Well, I mean, I would say I think most people's number one is the shot Christian Leitner hit to uh, Mm -hmm. to beat Kentucky. But, uh, you know, I mean, for me personally, uh, watching Keith Smart hit that shot in 87 against Syracuse, Oh, yeah. Uh 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 watching Michigan uh take down Seton Hall in eighty nine was good. Uh watching the uh Butler Bulldogs advance to the uh, championship game not once but twice. You know, watching those guys do that and watching uh uh Gordon Hayward make almost a three quarter length shot to uh to win the championship for Butler in Indianapolis. So I mean that uh you know, for obviously Homer reasons, uh is a pretty good one as well.
0: Well that Butler game is whether or not it's a homer a game or not is always going to be uh, one of the top classics of all time. Uh, you know, I was thinking about back in 1990, Arkansas versus uh, Texas in the elite eight, you know, they called that uh, the, the Texas star players. They nicknamed them the BMW lens Blinks and Travis Mays and joy, Wright. You now they combined for 57 points and, and uh, the Longhorns uh, held Arkansas uh, star Todd Day to 12 points. Uh, but Lee Mayberry dominated the Razorbacks with 18 points and seven assists. And, and Arkansas uh, went on to win that game, 88-85, big matchup there in
1: 1990. Yeah, uh, you know, that, uh, it's hard to look back, though, and not think of – those uh, great UNLV teams though, of that era, you know, I think some of those uh, get overshadowed just because of how good Duke and, and UNLV were in the uh, early 90s. There are so many, uh, so many stars, NBA players that came off of both of those teams that some of those teams like Texas and Arkansas from uh, from those years just get overlooked.
0: We also think about uh, Marquette and Pitt Sweet 16 2003. Uh, I think what I remember most about this game, which preceded one round of of, uh, of Marquette and Dwayne Wade, that was when Dwayne Wade played for uh, Marquette um, and put up against Kentucky in in the, in the regional final. But it was uh, the Panthers. Uh, what was his name? Doritos Donato's. Uh, uh, can't remember his last name. Zachavats? Uh Remember getting co- uh, angry with coach uh, Ben Howard at a key point in the second half. Uh, I remember that game too, but anyway, Marquette went on to win that 77 to 74. And you look at the Marquette, that was kind of where, uh, uh, our, our, uh, ex IU coach, if you will, uh, cu- cut his teeth and learned his, got his name, uh, there with the Marquette there, during the Dwayne Wade days.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was really the, uh, probably the, the game that uh, made IU take a hard look at uh, at Tom Crean. And, uh, you know, we saw Dwayne Wade uh, go on to uh, win championships with the Miami Heat. And, you know, uh, just a couple of years later, him and Shaq in 2006 would be uh, NBA champions. So, uh, you know, Tom Crean had a, a nice gig at Marquette, probably could have stayed forever, but decided to uh, take, the, uh, take the jump to IU and, and had some pretty decent success there.
0: And he's now at Georgia, isn't he? You know where Tom Crean is at now?
1: He's 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 at Georgia. Uh, you know Georgia struggled a little uh, this year, but uh, you know hey everybody wound up uh, not making a tournament, so you know it's hard to say that hey he did a bad job because not one person made the tournament. So you know hey he's just like every other coach in the uh, in the country. <laughs>
0: this is very true. This is very true. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten. Uh, remember back in 2007, Ohio State versus uh, Tennessee in the Sweet 16 uh, w- with member Greg Oden. Remember Greg Oden struggling with uh, foul trouble? The Buckeyes' massive advantage inside, uh, and talking about a home of card of, of Greg Oden, uh, but they needed an extraordinary performance uh, from uh, Ron Lewis uh, and others, if you remember right, and Memphis survived Texas A&M during that whole uh, uh bracket if you will. But I think it was one of the the best uh, Sweet 16 games ever. Uh Ohio State won that game 85 to 84. That was a buzzer beater.
1: And that was one of the games that really propelled Mike Conley Jr. up people's draft boards. And, you know, if you would have said back then, hey, Mike Conley Jr. is going to be the guy that's in the NBA longer and is a bigger star, people would have thought you were insane. But, uh, you know, it, it turned out that uh, that he had the uh, longevity uh, uh, to be an NBA player and now, uh, you know, made a pretty darn good career for himself as one of the highest-paid players in the league. So, it uh, worked out well for Mike Conley Jr. Uh, from that Ohio State team. Um,
0: I tell you what, going back, going back to the '80s, if you will, back in 1989, you had Michigan versus North Carolina in 1989. Uh, I think over that funeral, I I really never seen a grown man cry, maybe except for myself when it comes to Colts games and what's going on right now, but. Uh, but uh, remember, Dean Smith was crying during the news conference at at the end of that game between Michigan, North Carolina, and Michigan won that game 92 to 87, I believe.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I do remember that. Uh, you, know, you look at uh, you look at those games. Uh, you know that uh, that team. If you look back at it, probably not not. Uh, uh, a team that people thought would win a national championship, but uh, Ramiel Robinson, Glenn Rice, those guys, uh, you know, they got it done against North Carolina, then on to uh, to Seton Hall and national champions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Keep it on with the Big Ten back in 1995. If you Remember Memphis versus Purdue. Um, if, if you remember the Tigers, um, I was trying to remember that, but the, it, it, at the end of the game or, or toward the end of the game, it rolled the rim and it rebounded it and put back to the opposite side. And uh, David Vaughn, I believe, was the guy that 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 uh, uh, and his path was cleared by what was his name? Orunsen uh, Wright? Or so? Memphis ended up beating Purdue seventy-seven to seventy-five in that in that matchup.
1: Yeah, you know, that's not one of the ones that uh, that pops that uh, have been in my brain, you know, at the time. Uh you know, not uh, not a Purdue team that really stood out to to, uh, to me. Uh, so it's not a game that's at the forefront uh, of my memory. The Purdue game that really sticks out, uh, would be the one from uh what, a year and a half ago where uh, where Carson Edwards continued just to, uh, to put points, uh uh up for Purdue, late to the game as they were battling uh, the Virginia Cavaliers and just the back and forth three-point shooting, and Carson Edwards just having the game of his life.
0: So, Mo, I'm going to have you do me a favor, if you don't mind, because sure. this is the world sure. that we live in now. Um, my dog's gut's been acting up, and I'm trying to avoid an issue. So I'm going to turn the reins over to you for about five minutes while I get her outside. And get the other one on its lead, and I can come back and join you. So if you get can take about five or seven minutes and take the reins and just let yourself ramble about whatever, because I don't want to deal with what repercussions might be if I don't deal with this. <laughs> sure. This is the world sure, we sure. live in now, Mo. This is the world that we live in. So, do you, you mind doing that for me? Yeah, of course. I'll still be able to hear of you. Course. I just won't be able to talk. All right. You got it, sir. Go ahead.
1: Uh, <clears throat> hey, you know, it's uh, we see her talk about best of, uh, you know, because we're, we're wanting sports so bad. And, uh, you know, you can get some sporting action for the next two nights. Uh, as a WWE for the first time ever presents WrestleMania over two nights. Uh, not in a big stadium with 100,000 fans like normal, but uh, it'll be uh, an empty arena type stuff. To, thank God it's live sports. I caught myself – uh, DVR in uh, the 2016 NBA championship uh, the other night as the ESPN uh, wound it back between Golden State and uh, and Cleveland when, uh, when LeBron James and the Cavs were down three games to one and watching uh, that uh, collapse by the Golden State Warriors uh, started with, uh, you know, Draymond Green's suspension uh, in game five and uh and Cleveland being able to take that game, get it back home, win another one, and then get back and, and win the championship uh, in game seven and, and rewatching those games. And, you know, it's sad that even knowing what happens that, God, I was excited to watch those. It, uh, it You have the block that LeBron James ran down and the dagger three pointer by Kyrie Irving. Uh, just uh, it, fantastic uh, to watch over again, but, it, unreal to uh, to think that how excited they get about a game that we were near to the outcome to. Uh, you know, I saw this morning the major league baseball is looking to uh, to have games starting up maybe by the end of May uh, with uh, empty stadiums, and uh, it's just to get something back uh, sports wise. The NBA has looked at a couple different things, maybe having empty arena uh, playoffs at this point and doing it all in one city. Uh, but where uh, to hold it has been a, a talk. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought Vegas would be the place to do it. Uh, I, I saw Louisville come up as a place, which was interesting, uh, but trying to do a, a one-city um, playoff-type scenario. And, you know, the a playoffs are a thing that lasts for uh, a month or two, you know, two months almost, uh, two and a half months, and, and to have uh, these teams – you know, so kind of sequestered into a uh, into uh, one city to play empty arena games. You know, I, I don't know because as I, I brought up with uh, with uh, the WWE doing wrestling in empty arenas, it takes a lot away. You know, thinking about sports being played in in empty stadiums and empty arenas, uh, you, you forget and you don't really think about how much uh, the fans being a part of it. Uh, how big that really is to sports. You know, we're just used to watching the players, you know, back and forth, making baskets, scoring touchdowns, uh, hitting home runs, what have you. But, you know, we were uh, we were watching wrestling on SmackDown Fox last night, and no fans there. It, it changes everything. Can you imagine uh, the NBA Finals and crowning an NBA champion, the Cavetti coming down with no fans there to cheer it on, or, or watching uh, the Cubs continue to beat up on the Cardinals with, uh, with no fans there to uh, – Cheer it on! It, it, it's it's uh, a huge part of sports that we don't really think about in the moment. Uh, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's such a big part with the fans being there. Obviously, it's big for the owners uh, who are paying these athletes tons of money, getting the live gate and those tickets. But it uh, it's such a huge part of the of the experience
2: that you don't really think
1: about uh, as you as you uh, watch the games. And, you know, and, and watching that uh, Cleveland. And uh, and Warriors Series from the other night, without the fans there, that completely changes the whole atmosphere, and I think how you feel about the experience and remembrance of that game. We were just talking about some NCAA games, you know, watching Keith Smart hit that shot in 1987 uh, to take down Syracuse for the Hoosiers, uh, and that crowd is such a huge part of that. The uh, Same thing with uh, with those Butler teams and with that Christian Lightner shot over Kentucky. It was, uh, you know, it was huge. Uh, for those things For those teams So uh, You know it, uh, it Not having fans around uh, Especially for the NBA finals uh, And the NBA playoffs Would be uh, I think pretty insane I think people are Are, are wanting sports back so bad But to uh, think about it without fans uh, You know I, I don't know I don't know that That's that's uh, What I'd want to watch at this point Watching empty baseball stadiums, I think would be crazy it's uh, it's it's. I mean, unless you're watching a Marlins game where you you're used to watching empty stadium games forever, but you know you look at the atmosphere in that park alone, and and watching those games with no fans, even if you're a fan of the visiting team, it's it's uh, it takes away from the experience. And now to do it uh, to do it full time, I don't know that, uh, that that's necessarily what I want anymore. I don't know that that's what uh, that that's the kind of sports world I want to come back to. I mean. Now, I'm craving sports uh, bad, but, you know, does this help soccer when it comes back, if it's one of the few sports running? Uh, I don't know that i sat around and craved a soccer game uh, at this point. Uh, you know, we're going to miss out on the Masters and, uh, and the PGA Championship at this point uh, if they if they play them later in the year. But is it the same? Would it be the same watching uh, the Masters without, uh, without a gallery there, you know, and, and watching it later in the year? They've already postponed the Indianapolis 500, but will it really feel like the 500, or more like a uh, uh, you know an offshoot brickyard is when it's run later in August? So it's hard to really say uh, you know what uh, what the feeling is going to be like when sports returns. It, it could be a whole different landscape for a while, uh, and, you know. And then and are we going to forge into the NFL season? And is that going to be uh, an issue? Could you watch watching an NFL game with no fans. I right? know what kind of different experience would that be? Yeah, absolutely, uh, and I'm back by the way Killing (laughs) themselves, oh thank goodness (laughs) Hey man, I was listening to
0: you You're doing great, you get an award That's not my first time You get a I'll get you a a lake lamp (laughs) Thank you (laughs) from Christmas. A major award (laughs) It'll be Fred Gilly from Italy (laughs) (laughs) You know, I do Appreciate you stepping in there I, I tell you what, I don't know what's going on with With this, uh I have two dogs. This is the big one. And when she leaves presents, they're big presents. And I noticed this morning, earlier when I took her out, she was having gut problems without getting into all the gory details. And I see her by the door just panting and going in circles. And I'm thinking, oh, I better not push this but this
1: envelope too far. <laughs> no, mine, mine, mine did that yesterday so much I had to get a steam cleaner. So, no, I get it. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So we were talking a little bit about some of the best of March Madness ever, and I, I really was just kind of just going off of memory. Uh, but if you if you if you think about some of the biggest games, uh, uh, I mean maybe of all time, it, do we do we remember back in 1998? I know that's when we were both uh, a lot younger than we are now. But Kentucky versus Stanford in the national semifinals, uh, Kentucky won that game 86 to 85. That was another big buzzer beater.
1: Uh, who was on that Kentucky team? Was that Jamal Mashburn? Was that those guys?
0: Uh, wasn't it? Jeff Shepherd was on that team? I know. Um, got a brain fart, man. This is what happens when you have to go by memory on everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember that game too much. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to juggle my memory, but uh, the. Uh, that game's just not happening for me. It feels like a Jamal Mashburn type team. I remember there was a tournament game where he kind of disappeared, and other members of the team had to had to really punt and jump up and and uh, and take over for him because he had a really bad game in one of those NCAA tournament games. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's another guy that we kind of forget about, you know, Jamal Mashburn. And what a great, not only a college player he was, but what a great NBA player. But it's been so long ago that, uh, you know, he's just one of those guys that doesn't really stick out uh, to you anymore and go, Oh yeah, he was a great player. And so you sit down and, you know, you're thinking about things like this, cause you don't have any sports, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, Kentucky over the years, uh, for a long time now, whether it was, uh, uh, with coach or John Calipari or even, even Tubby Smith, I guess at times, uh, you know, they've continuously had uh, fantastic recruits and fantastic players and, you know, I've always been at the forefront uh, for the last 25 years of the uh, of the NCAA championship and, and the tournaments. You know, if you look back to that shot that, uh, you know, Christian Leitner hit against them, it was one of the biggest shots and probably the biggest shot in the NCAA tournament of all time. And again, it involves Kentucky and Duke.
0: You know, how many games can we talk about with Duke? I mean, there's Duke, 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 Duke. Duke and when you think about some of the great games. And you know, let's let's play the home of the card with my my IU. IU had had a great battle with Duke back in the sixteen in two thousand and two. Remember that was back when James Pipe was there and they ended up winning that game seventy four to seventy three. But wherever you look in the footprint of, of great basketball games is Duke. What do you think? What is what is it? I mean, we always say that that IU is a basketball school and and hopefully they get that back. I'm a little disappointed with I think that this coronavirus actually saved Archie Miller's uh, job, if you will but we've not been able to get back to the glory days and maybe it'll never come back but maybe we just want it so bad and we've tried out so many different coaches uh from Tom Crean to Archie Miller uh you know some big name coaches i mean we we talked about bringing back uh Steve Alford and which will never happen i don't think at this point what is the missing link with Indiana University uh in, in they're struggling to at least just to even get into the tournament. They're struggling, but they're getting some great recruits. I mean, some great, you know, four-star, five-star recruits over the years. But they've just not been able to to mesh in the right way when it when it counts. They're winning some good games, and they probably would have gotten into the tournament this year as maybe as an eight or a nine seed. But it was by the skin of their teeth. And I guess maybe we just want those those old days back. But what 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 has happened with IU? And I I could say, I'll say it. I mean, I was so glad to see Bobby Knight back at IU earlier this year. It was really a good experience. But I will say I don't know that we've ever gotten to the way we were when we had Bobby Knight.
1: Uh, you know, a lot of it's been in game coaching. Uh, you know, back in November when I told you guys I first was hearing rumblings that things were going sideways with John Beeline and the Cavaliers, that if I might use athletic director, that's, I'm making a call right then and there because there's a guy who didn't have, you know, a bunch of five-star recruits every year on his team, but he took guys and got them to play together and play as a team, and he's a great in-game basketball coach. And look at the, what Michigan's done over the last 10 years, and you know, name a, name a guy who's had a huge success in the NBA, uh, you know, that uh, was one of his players, and there's not a lot uh, to choose from. But he took guys that filled roles and played together as a team and were able to, you know, close out games down near the end. And, you know, if I'm Indiana I, now, you know, John Bieland's on the Big Ten Network. I'm calling the Big uh, Big Ten Network and, and paying whatever it takes. To get John Bieland is my next head coach. Uh, you know, the NBA wasn't a fit for him. Uh, obviously, and and the success he had uh, at West Virginia, and especially at Michigan, uh, again, over the last 10 years. Uh, I, I'm I'm backing up the big struck to bring John Beeline uh, as the next head coach in Indiana if, if I'm a new athlete.
0: Well, I don't think there's going to be any changes now. I, I don't think we'll see, we would see a change until the 2021 season. And so Archie may have a, uh, have a redeeming stuff. I just think that the world is too crazy right now that institutions don't want to go out there and fire a coach and hire a coach. I just think that uh, because I guess if there's a, a, a bright sight for some of these coaches uh, with this virus, uh, it's the the fact that, that their jobs are, are safe. But I couldn't agree with you more about John Beeline. I mean that would that would be a dream come true. But I think it'd have to be a pretty big uh, brings truck. I mean, he's got a pretty cushy job with the Big Ten Network. All right, real quickly here, let's uh, get the let's get our, each of our, our uh, best of memory, if you will. What do you think is the best uh, March Madness that you you can remember? What do you think is the best? Uh, let's go with the what the best games ever. Let's just say the best game ever in your mind. What is it?
1: Um. Uh... You that Duke Kentucky game with Christian Lightner.
0: You stole or, mine. That was the, mine.
1: Or the UNLV Duke National Championship game from ninety. Are you talking about the 90- it was?
0: Yeah, 92. Uh, but that was also the Duke Kentucky game that you were referring to, right? Back in 1992? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dang. Wasn't that everything that one could uh, want for a sporting event uh, to, to those that, uh, th- that they wanted just for the rest of their life? After that game, you could get back and say, man. That gave it to me, and and like as you mentioned, Christian Redlater, sir, um, man, it went down to what the seconds, the milliseconds, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And, yeah, it was that
1: um, yeah, long baseball pass from uh, from Grant Hill, and and uh, he takes that shot and basically uh, you know kicks a Kentucky player uh, in the chest and uh, hits that shot, and uh, people forever hated Christian Ledeser. And that was the thing about that team, though, is that. Duke was such a villainous team. They were the New England Patriots of college basketball at that point. You know, everybody hated them, uh, despised Christian Leitner, and uh, and he hits that shot on top of it, uh, you know, to really uh, vilify himself for his entire career.
0: Well, we all know that Duke ended up winning that game. It was a high-scoring game, too. It was like 104 to 103. And it came down to the milliseconds, and that that might very well be one of the most perfect games. Uh, maybe it was too perfect, something uh, only we get to experience maybe once in our lifetime. Because that's when I was thinking about what was the best games ever. I go back to go back to that as well. And the the, uh, the other thing I remember about that bra- uh, bracket is everything went to hell in a handbasket uh, because I had Kentucky to win it all which I very rarely do because I hate Kentucky just seeing, you know, as an IU fan and as a Colts fan, you have to hate the Patriots. As a, as an IU fan, you have to hate Purdue and Kentucky, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, another good one that I liked a lot was 85 uh, when uh, Raleigh Massimino and the Villanova Wildcats upset Georgetown who were such huge favorites. I mean, you talk about, uh, that's a game that nearly took Vegas uh, casinos down sports books down at that point because Georgetown was favored so heavily. Uh, and uh, the Wildcats win. You think about Jim Valvano running around looking for somebody to hug after NC State wins. Uh, but that uh, that Villanova upset of Georgetown with Patrick Ewing, uh, what a great basketball game that was as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mo from the BS Sports Shows joined us, and Mo, I appreciate you uh, uh, stepping in for me there when I needed to uh, help my dog out of an emergency. Or I had a bigger emergency. <laughs> so where, can people no problem, find, where can people, where can people, find your work Master masterpieces, sir? Uh,
1: on my uh, Twitter account at Mo Radio Show.
0: On my Twitter, on, on the world of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mo. Are you doing any, any any big binging? Have you have you finished uh, the Tiger King yet? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I, you know, that's one of those ones that I was disappointed in myself for watching the whole thing. But when it was done, I was ready to watch more. If you like the Tiger King, though, and you're missing something, I uh, my wife turned me on to the wonderful Whites of West Virginia. You want to talk about something that'll just make you uh, feel all the things the Tiger King did? Check that out uh, on Netflix or Amazon Prime. What's the it Wonderful called? Whites of West Virginia. The Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. It is backwoods. Uh, the most hillbilly thing you'll ever watch in your life, but it's very Tiger King esque.
0: Well, I just got done watching uh, Ozark. Ozark uh, challenge. It was about a, a family feud uh, in uh, the Ozarks, and it was really pretty good. But they only did one season of uh, Ozark something. But anyway, the 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 the, the it continues on. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today, Mo, for the BS Sports Show. Have yourself a good uh, corn cornication cornication. It sounds it's like awesome. fornication, but, you know. <laughs> All right, Mo, we'll talk with you soon. Mo, for the BS Sports Show, uh, joins us. We'll be right back right here with Ed uh, Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. We're going to kind of do play around a little bit with uh, the NFL free agency and maybe uh, look at some mock drafts and see what's going on, because, hey, what else are we going to talk about? Go! What y'all trying to do? 24 chariots, magic in the air Hit the
1: top so clear A Look out mm. Second best for the hustlers, hustlers. Gangsters, gangsters
2: The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, travel new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be a far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103. Or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
1: I I I
0: can't believe it. I've been playing 4-on-4 with a barbershop quartet.
1: Pass the, ball, pass the We're open, just pass the ball.
0: Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico Yeah
3: Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance
0: Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, Good morning. guys. Good morning. Ah, what is oh, that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my god, it talks! Right! No, it's me, Linda, from HR.
1: It looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back! I've got me. Oh, they're one my eyes! We're moving!
0: It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
2: Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to The Balance, and our uh, coronacation uh, episode it continues. Joining us now, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Ed, how's your coronacation coming? I'm, I'm trying to get that word right. It's my new word. I, I, I've i invented the word. It's a vacation, but it's because of corona, so it's a coronation. But as I was just telling Mo, it kind of sounds like fornication, so I kind of it to work on it. But uh, I'll have it yeah. back yeah. I, yeah, just in time is that a sign that I have too over. much time
3: on my hands? <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing, knowing you, Tom, you'll have it figured out just in time for when this whole thing's over. <laughs> that's right. So I, have it, I
0: have it all ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what we're talking NFL. I mean, I, that's the the only thing that uh, hasn't uh, uh, went to the video games as far as uh, the the I know we had Madden and all that. What I mean is like the racing, doing the i racing and you know other. Things are doing, and you, but it, it just the whole thing has just got bizarre. But you know, it's also gotten real. I think it's touched every one of our lives. You you mentioned um, your your elderly parents, I believe my my father as well in a nursing home, and found out yesterday that somebody else in the nursing home had contact. So it becomes a very real reality. Uh, but you know, it's good to have this escape that we've got in NFL as part of, of that escape. So let's talk a little bit about the NFL free agency a little bit more. Let's kinda of, we'll kinda of maybe do a little bit of the mock uh, drafts and so forth. What are the what are the Eagles doing as far as well, one in the free. Let's talk about the Eagles and their free agency. Uh, are they done with everything that they're going to be doing? Is there any more major moves? What What do you think was the, what, what do you think was the A and the F grade of the free agency with the Eagles? Uh, I you know I don't think they're necessarily done. Um, yeah,
3: you know, there's still players out there that you know could interest them. Uh, you know, LaShawn McCoy uh, is someone whose name has come up. He's still a free agent and. You know, when you talk about the Eagles, you look back to, you know, 2017 uh, in the offseason of the, you know, they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. They signed Garrett Blount on May 18th. So, um, you know, that was well past the start of free agency. So I don't I don't think, you know, in the Eagles world and, and many other teams, too, I don't think free agency is over. Uh, I think you could still see signings. I think it's kind of been a very strange Offseason, you know, with free agency. I know Eli Apple, uh, his deal with the Oakland Raiders, or the Vegas Raiders now, uh, was supposed to. Isn't that hard to, uh, happen. Hard to say, is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I still can't say the Chargers right. You know, I still think of them as San Diego. You know, I'm still kind of warming up to that. But uh, so here we have the Las Vegas Raiders that are supposed to play this year in, in Las Vegas. But they had a deal with Eli Apple in free agency, but then. They couldn't sign the contract for whatever reason, probably because, you know, of what's going on. And the Raiders changed their mind or Apple changed their mind. I'm not exactly sure how it fell apart. But now Eli Apple, you know, a pretty serviceable cornerback, is now a free agent again. So uh, I don't think teams are necessarily done. You know, the first couple waves have gone through here. But, you know, there's still players out there. And, you know, you look at some of the Eagles free agents like Jason Peters, who's going to be 38. He's still... Uh, on the market and Nigel Bradham a linebacker for the Eagles he's still out on the market so uh, you know there's still players out there that uh, are going to want to have jobs and the longer they go without jobs the more desperate they'll become and you'll be able to sign them uh, at a very cheap price so no there'll still be some signings as we go forward here especially coming out of the draft when teams say hey we didn't get what we needed to do to fill this position what's left in free agency so you might see another, you know, wave of free agency pick up once the draft is over when teams realize, hey, we left ourselves a little shorthanded uh, at this position. Let's go see what we can find that's still out on the street. Um, as far as the Eagles grade goes, I mean, I think they've done a pretty good job of, uh, you know, revamping their secondary, which was, you know, one of the worst pass defenses in the league last year. And you know, their philosophy, as every team's philosophy should be, is that, you know, it's not just the secondary's fault for having a poor pass defense. Some of it starts up front with the defensive line. You have to, you know, that goes hand in hand. The the less time a uh, quarterback has to throw the ball, the better that is for the secondary. So you need a pass rush that kind of shortens that quarterback's time and uh, vice versa. If a secondary can cover that extra second longer, that gives the pass rush a, that extra second to get home for a sack or a hurry or whatever you have there. So uh, I think the Eagles did a good job of that. That's really been kind of the thrust of their off season is to revamp that defense. They signed Javon Hargrave from the Steelers. Uh, In my opinion, anytime he can pick up someone in their prime from Pittsburgh, that's a good move. I mean, Pittsburgh is a very good organization. They make good decisions and, you know, they just got caught in some salary cap constraints and the Hargrave popped loose. So that was a very good signing. I thought for the Eagles, Uh, And then on the back end, they uh, traded for Darius Slay, who, uh, you know, he's a little older, 29, not, you know, not ancient by any means, but had a bit of a down season. He was on a conference call this week and he thought he played freaking fantastic. That was his words that he used when asked, uh, you know, if he had a down year last year and he thought he had a good year. So uh, I guess that's a good deal. We'll see once the season begins, if, you know, he's not on a downward trajectory here, but, uh, on paper, it looks like a terrific move. They needed a, a number one cornerback, and, and they think they have one in Slay. Um, so, I, right now, I, as far as, that, you know, their off season goes, you know, they revamped that secondary. They brought in Will Parks, who I think is going to be a very underrated and very good safety for them from the Broncos. Um, I, I think I would right now at this point, I'd probably give them a B in free agency. But, uh, you know, we'll see once that season starts and a year or two passes, and, you know, that grade might not be – a D if these things don't work out or it could be an A if they do, but right now I'd give it
0: a, give it a solid B. You know, let's talk a little bit about Bill O'Brien in his recent press conference with the about the Texans and, since they traded DeAndre Hopkins. And don't get me wrong, being a Colts fan, I, I'm okay with DeAndre Hopkins going somewhere else. Uh, but uh, one of the reasons that he said that, that he, they traded him to Arizona uh Cardinals for the for David Johnson in a in a uh twenty twenty one now fourth round selection as well, um was because he wanted to raise. Uh to me that just seems like an odd reason to trade somebody. We're gonna trade you because you want more money. What NFL player doesn't want more money? Right, right. Um yeah, I
3: mean that's just <laughs> You know, Bill O'Brien didn't get very high marks for his uh, for his move there, and in the past too, with uh, the Laramie uh deal, and then getting ri- getting rid of Jadavian Clowney uh, for very little. Um, yeah, I don't know what really he's doing, and yet, you know, they were in the playoffs last year. I don't they'll get back there this year, but who knows. Um, you know the Hopkins situation with having to rip up a contract and give him a new one was kind of why you know the Eagles took a lot of heat for not you know Howie Roseman took a lot of heat. Well, why didn't the Eagles go out and get him? You know he need help at wide receiver, obviously. Um, and Roseman said on a conference call that you know uh, to to bring in a player and then rip up his contract. You know what does that say about the other players on your team who have given you uh, you know years of service that we bring him in and we're giving him a new deal. So, I mean, I can kind of see, uh, you know, that perspective, but if you're Bill O'Brien, this guy was raised in your system. He came in, you know, you drafted him, you brought him in. Uh, Why not make him a lifetime Texan? Yeah. Give him what he wants, you know, give him his money, find a way to make it work. But, you know, Bill O'Brien to me doesn't have that experience with the salary cap and, you know, he he just looks at it as a, looks at it as a problem when a player begins to start to make too much money. I mean, what's he going to do when Deshaun Watson uh, needs a new deal? I mean, these are these are hard contracts to hammer out, and I don't think Bill O'Brien's equipped to do it.
0: Yeah, and and absolutely, and we'll see what happens. That's a whole other thing. Like I said, I'm always I'm okay with it though from the aspect of being a, a Colts fan. Yeah, jersey, uh, I can't. <laughs>
3: Philip I, I can't
0: blame you there. <laughs> Philip Rivers uh, jerseys are now on sale here in Indianapolis, so if you want to grab you a Philip Rivers jersey, also notice that Peyton Manning Indianapolis Colts jerseys are still a high sale value on NFL.com. Just saying, people still like to buy the number eighteen. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about the upcoming uh, uh, NFL draft, which uh, is coming uh, very fast, and. Certainly we got the Bengals at number one, expected to take Joe Burrow, but we got Miami Dolphins as well hanging out there, and and they're looking to make some some noise. Um, There's talk, rumor, uh, and discussion uh, between the Eagles and Dolphins that are expected to happen. Uh, I don't know if if the Bengals will make a trade, because I think they're pretty much solid on, on Joe Burrow, but that trade would obviously mean that that Tua would end up with the Bengals, I would think, if, if I would understand that correctly. Well, I would think if they make that trade,
3: that's what they would be counting on as Tua, uh, because you figure the Dolphins would take uh, Burrow, right, if they moved up to number one, or would they take Justin Herbert? I mean, I, you know, can you rule out Justin Herbert here? You know, he seems to be gaining some traction, as quarterbacks always do, you know, a couple weeks out before the draft. Um, but, you know, who knows who they would take it, number one, if the Dolphins were able to move up and grab that. Uh, that. Um, but, yeah, I would think that the, <clears throat> the Bengals would make the trade knowing that, hey, we're going to have one of those two that are going sit, to be sitting there for us, or one of the three, I should say. It'll be Barrow, Herbert, or Tua. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. And, you know, if you're the Bengals, that might be a nice savvy move to make. You, you grab a couple extra picks on, you know, to add to a roster that really does need help and you still get your quarterback of the future uh, in whoever it would be of those three quarterbacks. So, you know, I could, I could see that happen. And, I know, you know, I know last year was kind of a disappointment in terms of, you know, trades in the first round. Usually we see a little bit more activity in the first round. Um, but, you know, this draft, you know, with the way, you know, the country is right now and uh, the way things are, you, you just don't know how things are going to play out um, because teams are playing it a little closer to the vest um, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. and uh, You know, I think, you know, talking about Tua, I mean, here's a guy that, okay, yeah, his medicals checked out. Everybody seems okay with the medicals, you know, the hip issue that he had. He, he's had a, a slew of other injuries. And you wonder if teams were able to bring him into their facility, if they would find more red flags, that, you know, an independent doctor isn't seeing something that maybe a team looks for in particular, maybe they would find issues. I mean, he to me is a, is a huge risk in this draft just because of his medical history. You you don't know. I mean, yeah, he's got the, the set that, you know, teams will, will like, you know, he's got the arm, he's, he's got the, you know, the mobility, but the injury thing to me is a huge red flag. And I, I think had teams had a more of an opportunity to look at him in person, um they might have found more red flags and you might see too a slip a little bit but you know in a draft where there is so much uncertainty he'll probably get picked just based on uh you know his skill set but uh to me he's a huge huge risk and you just worry about you know that injury history in that hip issue in particular I mean the quarterback uh, his hips are very important so uh are, is he going to be medically sound and hold up for the next 10 years I mean I you could say that about every quarterback, but if you already have a history of injuries like he's had at Alabama, uh, to me it's a, a huge red flag, and teams are going to have to feel comfortable taking him.
0: Well, you know, anyway, we kind of are glad that the NFL is still around. It's the only one that's, that's still around. It looks like we're going to get the season in. We're not going to get MLB in, we're probably not going to get NBA in, uh, unless they start sometime. There's still a, a, a window or a pass for the NBA. Uh, certainly feels like a lot, Smith, that we don't have baseball, and I and I I can't help the fact that the Cardinals. It's just the rule in baseball that if there's no MLB season, that the Cardinals are automatically the World Series uh, champion. And I know Cub fans and other people don't like that. Phillies fans don't like that, but it's just the reality <laughs> of it is that. <laughs>
1: I but anyway we're, we're yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we're missing we're we're missing a lot. Uh so what do you think, if any, thing, will this virus uh and what we've been going through here recently, what effect will it have on the season? What effect will it have on on the draft and how how because uh, we when this draft happens, we're still in the in a time of uncertainty. So a lot of of this draft is, is just believing that their season isn't going to be the next to be chopped. And, and I know I saw your tweet where, uh, the president's going to have a call with all the different com- uh, commissioners of all the different leagues, but cause this is a huge economic impact as well to the nation. Uh, if the NFL was to, and, and you gotta look at the TV contracts and because they, they're only required to pay, the games they air if they can't air any games. So that's a huge uh, blow economically uh, to the team. So there a lot of these teams are taking big risk on drafts at this point. It could be just a maybe. What do you, do you think if there's going to be any major impact in the draft and in the season uh, from this?
3: Well, I, you know, I, I've heard, you know, different things on this call. Uh, that you mentioned um, with the commissioners today. Um, And I've heard, I don't know how real this is, but as far as Major League Baseball goes, I've heard that there's a proposal now out there that uh, they're going to want to open up their camps in Florida and Arizona uh in florida is just a mess right now i don't know how you could do this mm-hmm. you know as far as the virus goes i mean you know they were kind of late to the party and everybody's been affected infected down there and it's just getting worse so but i've heard mlb wants to open up their their training camps in florida and arizona and begin to uh play training spring training games without fans um because in baseball situation if you want to have any kind of a season Um, Mm -hmm. you're going to need at least three weeks for these players to kind of ramp up to the season. You just can't say, okay, we're going to start playing games, you know, without fans. And uh, day one of the season starts tomorrow. You can't do that. You need time obviously to, uh, to build up to, to that point. So I think that's kind of what some of this call is going to be about today is major league Mm -hmm. baseball wants to do this. um, And and they want to not have fans and take three weeks or a month with the hope that in three weeks to a month, uh, everything kind of will be ready to proceed, even if it's without fans, and and get some of this season in. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that's just kind of what I've I've heard. Um, I don't know, you know, how how true that is. I haven't confirmed it with anyone, but um, I've been told that. So uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see how that goes. And and as far as the NFL draft goes. Um, you know, I think where you're going to see the impact, and I think this has kind of been talked about a lot already, is, is later in the draft uh, where teams have kind of done their homework on players that, you know, are you know your third-day picks, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. <clears throat> are they going to kind of fall through the cracks, some of these players, or are teams not going to be as accurate in their assessment of players because there's just not enough volume of work on some of these late-day, you know, late-round draft picks? Uh, and especially the undrafted guys, you know, like usually you see players and, and Rodney McLeod, you know, the Eagles safety was on a conference call on Friday and uh, he was asked about that. He was an undrafted free agent coming out of Virginia and he's had a great, very good career. You know, he's won a Super Bowl. He's 30 years old now. He's been in the league for, uh, you know, eight years, uh, but he was an undrafted kid and he, and he was asked about it. And he said a lot of these guys without those pro days, he said at his pro day a lot of teams came in to see other players and he was just kind of working as a cornerback and a safety uh, and playing defense against some receivers and a quarterback. And uh, he did well enough. The team showed an interest and started talking to him and started looking at his tape. So, you know, through that pro day, he generated interest that there's not, there are no pro days anymore. So, you know, your, your, your athlete who might deserve a chance in the NFL uh, is not going to get that chance, or it's going to be harder for him to get the attention of an NFL team. So that's where I think it impacts the draft is, you know, some of the later rounds, uh, they're not going to really understand some, a lot of the players, and uh, their board will be limited. And just because of the players they've seen or players they've studied the limited film on, you know, guys that come from Division II schools, like the safety Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan, who, you know, he's a D- D2 kid. Uh, you know, how much tape is there? And it's tape against guys that are inferior competition. So you're not going to be able to see him uh, in, a, in a workout. You're not going to bring him into your facility and put him through any kind of workout or, you know, mental challenges that teams usually give uh, on these visits. So it's going to impact impact the draft the deeper, you know, the further the draft goes in Sat on Saturday, the third day, uh, and then the undrafted free agents some of them make make an impact you know the Eagles had Corey Clement the running back from Wisconsin who won undrafted they signed him uh in the undrafted period and he, he ends up having a great Super Bowl and helps the team win a Super Bowl so I mean you know these are players that could slip through the cracks or the process for them could be more difficult to get you know get into a camp.
0: We're talking with Ed Kratz beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, SI.com and our official NFL contributor. Well, let's just run through a little mock draft as we know it now. We, as we talked a little bit earlier that there might be some conversations between Miami and uh, Cincinnati with Cincinnati with the hopes of picking up uh, Tua. But I still got to believe that Joe Burrow is the perfect match there uh, for uh, the Bengals. I mean, he's he's an Ohio guy. Uh, everybody loves him down there. He would be a great fit. So I'm going to go with, uh, number one, Joe Burrow, uh, to the Bengals at, at, right now. I think that's just how it stays. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it's interesting because the Bengals still have Andy Dalton, you know, I know they look to trade it to try to trade him, you know, he's not going to be happy sitting on the bench. Uh, so that's a situation that arises. And, you know, when you talk about quarterbacks, Tom, just real quick, you still have Cam Newton out there as a free agent and Jameis Winston, which to me is a huge surprise. You know, heading into the draft, these guys may not have jobs. So a team that doesn't get their quarterback or maybe the team that we think is going to take a quarterback doesn't take a quarterback because they say, you know, we'll just go sign Cam or we'll try and sign Jameis and, you know, hope that he can cut down on those interceptions. So uh, as it stands, though, I think the Bengals will take Burrow.
0: Well, certainly I think one of the most talented uh, players uh, in the NFL draft uh, is uh, 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 Chase Young, uh, and we look for the, the Redskins to pick him up in the number two pick.
3: Yeah, see, here here again, I mean, Ron Rivera with the Redskins, now he's made some moves. I I think they might surprise and go for a quarterback. I think I can see them taking Tua uh, at number two, and Hmm. I I don't think they're really sold on Haskins, the kid they took last year before Ron Rivera came in and the new regime came in. So I I think they're going to surprise. I think they're going to take a quarterback, and uh, we've seen it before, quarterbacks go one, two in the draft. Sometimes it works out. You know, sometimes it doesn't. We saw it with Mariota and uh, Winston, and we saw it with – Goff and Went, and I think we'll see it again. I really think it's going to be Burrow and Tua we'll go 1-2 here.
0: So, you know, we look at uh, Darius Slay going to Philadelphia and leaving the Eagles. They'll use them a big hole in the quarterback uh, position. So you would think you would, they would look at Jeff Akota, Akotaya, however you say his last name, uh, again from Ohio State as well, uh, going into the draft as a junior yeah,
3: I mean, but I you know, they signed Marcus Trufant, I think it's or Desmond Trufant, um uh, in free agency. That was the they signed him and the day later they traded Slay. So I think, you know, maybe they're happy there. And if Redskins don't go with Chase Young, I think the Lions will.
0: So I'll say Chase Young to the Lions at three. Well, we've got time for about one more pick, because we talked about in the number five pick it was, we'll stick with two there with Miami, but Uh, Isaiah Simmons, uh, offensive linebacker, uh, junior out of Clemson, uh, goes to the Giants in the number four pick. Who did you say? Oh, Simmons. Yeah. I,
3: I, I think, yeah, I think the Giants need a lineman, an offensive lineman. Um, you know, they're committed to Daniel Jones. They, uh, you know, they have Saquon Barkley. They need help on the offensive line. I think they're going to go with, you know, one of the linemen, probably like a, uh, Tristan Wirfs, who I love a lot, the kid from Iowa. Uh, I, I think they'll go Tristan Wirfs, or though, although, although um, uh, uh, who's the kid from Alabama? Uh, Jedrick Jedrick Wills could go there, but I'll I'll go with Tristan Wirfs from Iowa to the Giants at four. Oh,
0: I'm sorry, I thought you were saying something else. I apologize. No.
3: <laughs> no, I know. I'm going to go. I'm no. going go to go. to the Giants at four. I think. I think they need a lot offensive lineman, So I think they'll grab, uh, you know, Worf's, uh out of Iowa.
0: Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, has joined us. Uh, stand by for podcast overtime as we'll, we'll be talking to Matthew Embry. Going to be talking some IndyCar and some some i uh, uh Ed, uh, what how you how you coming on your binging? Any 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 new binges uh, going on? <laughs> well. Well, just trying to work through the Ozark here, watching the Ozark with uh, Jason Bates. Oh, and, that's uh, so good! And I season, and I got to get back three. on that. I have got to get back on that. It's, I I'm like two seasons down on it. When I started it when it first started, so that is a good show. But I'm I'm so yeah. far back on that. But have you have you got uh, I love have you got show, real?
1: But...
0: Have you got reeled into uh, uh, the Lion King yet? Tiger King, I mean. My- <laughs> no,
3: my my daughters have. Uh, I have zero interest in in watching that. And I heard the crossover with Mo there recommending the Wives of West Virginia. But you know, I lived in West Virginia for four years, so uh, I have a Is pretty it good idea what that might be about. Is it wives or could like- be wives. <laughs> I'll have to look it up.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mo was talking like about that.
3: Wives. Yeah, oh, it might. may I, have been. I, you know, that's another one that. I, you know, because I lived there for four years, I probably know know exactly what that about what that's about. I probably could have written it, but uh, I might tune into that just because I did live there and uh, I'm very familiar with the, you know the hollers and I think everything I there. But um, I tell you uh, what,
0: I have one of the things about Hulu is, it, it, and that's where I get all my stuff from. I, I have Netflix and other stuff, but what it does is it'll it'll say, well, because you watch this show, you'll probably like this show, and they're right. How do they know? I don't know, but, uh, I, uh, watch there. I, I get down these rabbit holes. So I started watching a show about some ranchers up in Montana called the American last American cowboy. And it recommended that I watch a show called American hoggers, which is great. I mean, it doesn't take any brain power. You got to watch it. It's about these, uh, uh, these, uh, the, this family down in in Texas and what they do for a living is they hunt hogs, uh, but it's great. And there's your typical okay. Texan uh, guy on there. And then uh, so yeah, you should you should watch that. So I'm into that. Okay. Uh, I, I'm also into uh, the Devil's Ride. It's about real life uh, motorcycle clubs, not gangs, clubs. Although they all act the same uh, in San Diego. And so it, it kind of got lured into that one. Uh, so huh. you know, you guys got to be careful because you get you'll be you'll be stuck in front of your couch all day long. But I'm gonna try some <laughs> I, I start. I have to admit, I because of all the all the talk, I thought I would uh, I would uh, dive into this uh, Tiger King, and it's a little out of my comfort zone. But it's like a it's like a, a train wreck. We once you watch it, you got to keep watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped it because I'm thinking this is just way out of my box of comfort level of watching. Yeah. Cause there's just some things that just, I don't like to watch. And then if I might hear everybody talking about, it, I'm like, Oh my God, I gotta go back to this dang show now. So I, I might get yeah. back. Oh. back
3: <laughs> I didn't start that. My daughters seem to enjoy it. though. They watched it, you know, within a few days, I think there's eight episodes maybe, but uh, and I haven't, but you know, you recommended to me, I think, a year or so ago, you recommended the Shits Creek uh, yes. series, which is Isn't that now funny as heck? <laughs> it is really, really funny. We're enjoying that as a family. You know, we, uh, like I say I'm in here with you know with five others uh, at home here, and um, you know all, every night we sit down and we knock out a couple episodes, and you know we all really enjoy it. It's a really, really good show. And the good news is, is we're not even quite halfway through it yet. So we still have uh, you know we're almost through season three, and there's still three more seasons to go. So we're, we're pretty set for our yeah. TV watching at least for, you know, the it, next few weeks here.
0: It's, it's good. I enjoyed that video that you uh, made with your daughter.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. just that was a, a fun video fun, to yeah, watch. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah glad right. You enjoyed it. All right, Ed. We'll talk with you soon and uh, we, we'll all yes, get sir. through this on the other side. <laughs> you, you Working people yes, find to work in masterpieces. Uh,
3: uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or uh, si.com, NFL Eagles. Uh, you'll find my stuff.
0: Sounds good. And we try to get your stuff posted on the Balance <clears throat> fan page and on Twitter as we see them, sir. So,
3: I right, You do a great job of that. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All
0: right. Have yourself a good weekend. Yep. You do the same, Tom. See ya. <laughs> Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor, joins us. Always fun to have Ed on. We're supposed to be rolling into podcast overtime. I'm waiting on Matthew Embry at this point. Podcast uh, overtime. Oh, okay. We may not be able to connect with uh, with Matt. Apparently, he sh- he should have called before the end of the hour. <laughs> 'Cause apparently the server locked him out. <laughs> so this whole <little laughs> idea of of uh of um a podcast overtime just took an immediate failure. But here's some of the things he he wanted to talk about. Sage carum's favorite, uh but watch out uh for today for Scott McLaughlin. Remember they're doing the iRacing racing today. Uh He's also curious to the future of Scott Dixon. Some interesting comments from Marshall Pruitt via Emma Davis's, uh, Davis's Dixon Twitter. Could uh, the Iceman's career be coming to an end soon? I think that's a very real possibility because let's well, just get into that age. Uh, and he's, he's accomplished everything that one could accomplish in the IndyCar series. And... Uh, Pato Award, a few collisions uh, d- during indie uh, test rushing made him very popular with his fellow competitors. Uh, curious to see how he handles himself this afternoon. Absolutely, totally agree with that. Another unknown condition of uh, uh, Robert Wickens. Uh, obviously, we remember him. He's a recovering uh, Canadian, admitted, uh, to the, uh, admitted to racer that he's not sure he can physically go a full uh, race distance yet so still some time on him actually getting back into the race car we were supposed to have podcast overtime right now and I appreciate you downloading the podcast uh, but that that came to a uh, a fail but Hey, you know, check out some of the shows we've been talking about. Maybe you got some shows that you want to recommend to us. Uh, just send it to us at T Balance or on, on Facebook, The Balance. Um, we'll see. Uh, what that show that Mo was talking about? I'll check that out. Uh, I'm all about some hillbillyness. I got a lot of hillbilly that runs through my blood, so I can speak. I can speak hillbilly fluently today. Weather's a, a little bit nicer, so I'm gonna uh, uh, get uh, the, the smoker going and smoke me a butt. Make some pork pulled pork and. Hang out with the hounds a little bit later on today as well. Uh, make sure you follow us on The Balance at T Balance and Facebook The Balance. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. Remember, don't drink and drive, it isn't cool. And uh, we do this thing called The Balance every uh, every Saturday morning between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And occasionally we try to do this podcast overtime. And uh, we'll hopefully get back to. Uh, being able to uh, do a full two-hour show soon. My name is San Marcos Del Presidente. Don't drink and drive in cool. I'm out of here.